Well, this morning I'd like to welcome you all once again to our City Builders online service, uh, to our own church, uh, to those that have been looking in over the last few weeks, and especially to those who are joining us for the very first time this morning, a very special welcome in Jesus' name. Can we pray together? Father, I pray to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, for our church, for the City Builders Church, Lord God, here in Sale, and for those churches that we are connected to. Father, I pray for supernatural provision during this time of lockdown. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that all our people would be connected uh, and, and protected from illness in Jesus' name. But Father, this morning I also pray for a real impartation into the hearts, that we would be upgraded and that we would receive a greater dimension of the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge. Above all, we pray this morning for open hearts and that people who are watching or listening to this message would just meet you. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, welcome once again. The title of this message is The Beginning of an Incredible uh, New Season in God, and it's the second part. Earlier on in the lockdown, I started a series called Understanding the Times and Seasons. And uh, the, the scripture I used there was 1 Chronicles chapter 12, uh, verse 32, talking about the sons of Issachar. And uh, then I, I've been also speaking from Ephesians chapter 18, and this is about the spirit of revelation, wisdom and knowledge. And I, I believe having that dimension of God's spirit in our life is such an important time at this specific time in history. It's really important uh, because God is uh, going to do something amazing right in these next few months ahead, I really believe. This is the set time. Uh, the scripture says that in the fullness of times, God sent forth his son. And this is the set time. You know, there's certain times in history where God has predetermined that he is going to uh, uh, supernaturally invade into the affairs of man. These are uh, super, supernatural interactions. This is the Kairos time that God has determined uh, that he will move in an unprecedented way, I believe. And it is imperative that we are able to connect our spirit with what God is doing. Um, the beginning of an incredible new season in God began at Passover. Uh, we've just recently celebrated Passover uh, from the 8th to the uh, 16th of April. And uh, like most uh, Christians, we recognize the Passover, but probably don't really stop to, uh, you know, reflect to the degree that uh, the Jewish people do or the Messianic Jews. But this time we were in lockdown, so we had, uh, it, it just really gained the attention of Christians and Jewish people uh, right across the world. And we looked at the... Uh, the true meaning of it, and took communion together in our homes. And I found this very impactful because the uh, record of the exodus, the exodus of the Israeli people from, e from Egypt is recorded in Exodus chapter 7 to 12. And it talks about the nine plagues. But then the 10th plague came, which was a very uh, destructive plague. 
And uh, there was a warning given. And uh, for those that took the blood of the lamb, and the blood of the lamb was put on the lentil and the doorposts of the house, the scripture talked about how the angel of death passed over. And, uh, you know, this was an amazing time in history because there were two things happening. There was a plague and there was lockdown, but God was moving and he was in the process of delivering his people uh, from the cruel regime in Egypt. Uh, I think the reason it had such a powerful impact this time is because globally we're all in lockdown and we uh, far more than usual identified with what had happened back in the past uh, over 3,300 years ago. So this has been a crazy time for the whole world and people all around us are waiting to see what is the new normal. And uh, we all know that when, we, uh, when the, the curfew is lifted, that the world is going to be a different place. We know that, and uh, a lot of people are feeling insecure and wondering. And the theme that has been running through uh, the messages that have come uh, from here over the last month is very much this. Yes, there is something really wrong that is going on with the pandemic and uh, you know, it's going to affect economy, it's affecting people's jobs, it's affecting their mental health. Uh, you know, there's a whole lot of things and many, many people have lost their lives. But at the same time, in amongst the crisis, God is incredibly at work. My spiritual father, Dr. Jonathan David, who I respect incredibly, uh, recently spoke about this. Uh, he told me and uh, many of his leaders of an encounter that he had had with the Holy Spirit recently in which he was deeply impacted. He said that he believed that this season something sovereign is about to break, up in the, break out in the nations, initiating the beginning of an incredible new season in God. And really that is why I've titled this message today. He highlighted the 200 days from Passover to, to October uh, to the Day of Atonement and the Feast of Tabernacles. Passover speaks of the cross and redemption. Although it happened in the Jewish, in, in, with the Jewish people over 3,300 years ago, there is so much prophecy in everything they do in that Passover meal that points to the life of Christ and to his life and his death and his resurrection, the shedding of his blood. So the Passover speaks of the cross and redemption. The next one is Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost, which happens 50 days after uh, Passover. And Pentecost, which is coming soon, speaks of the exaltation of Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Then we have the Feast of Tabernacles, which speaks of the transformation of our life, and it also points to the return of Christ. And in amongst that, right towards the end, is the Day of Atonement, which is also known as Yom Kippur in Israel. And the Day of Atonement, uh, if you break the words down, it means at one meant. It's bringing everything together, and uh, this is the day in which a nation can be born in a day. 
So this is really what is motivating this message. And I wanted to say this morning to everyone that is listening and is really connecting their hearts to what is happening here, welcome to the beginning of an incredible new season in God. I want to say it again, welcome to the beginning of an incredible new season in God. Now, this is a reality. If we can see it, if we can perceive it, if we can understand it, we can apprehend it, and we can receive the benefits of that new season that we are entering into. Just for the next few moments, though, uh, you know, there are times, this is why it's so important to understand the times you're living in and to understand the seasons, because new seasons can come, and if we are not onto it, we can miss the benefits of that season. So I wanted to talk this morning about potential barriers. I'm going to go on and I'm going to talk about some more of the distinctives of this new season. But before I get there, I want to talk about something very important, which is the potential barriers to entering into a new season. And the first one is having an incorrect focus. And this comes from John chapter 4, verse 35, where Jesus is walking with his disciples and he says to them, he gives them some advice. He says, Don't, do not say it is four months until the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look, the harvest fields are white under harvest. This is an amazing thing because Jesus is walking along with his disciples and, you know, I can imagine them maybe kicking the stones and wondering about their life and wondering about their future and perhaps their families and all their needs, as we do. But here, their leader said, you know, look up, you know, refocus, begin to refocus, because uh, for as long as I've been around Christianity, we tend to say things like, it's going to happen in the future. It's going to happen in five years, or it's going to happen in ten years. And you know, this is hope speaking, and that is better than nothing. But here Jesus, he gives a little bit of a warning about entering into new seasons. He says, do not say it is four months until the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look because the harvest fields are white under harvest. And I really believe that is the case today. Potential barrier to entering into a new season, number one. Number two, religious mindsets. Religious mindsets. We all have mindsets. You know, what a mindset is, it is a, the way that our mind either receives or rejects truth. So if we have a mindset in an area, the truth can come to us and we reject it because it does not sit with what we believe or what we've experienced so far. So we can become hardened and we can't access the next level. I really believe that our church, if I could you know, use a, a, a bit of a terminology to describe it, we are a church of the next level. And I believe that in God, our relationship is never, ever meant to be static. Uh, we are never meant to just say the same. You know, we just don't become a Christian and that's it. I want you to know this morning that there is more for us. And there is much, much, much more that we know God can do. But if our mind is set 
You know, God can come to us, he, he can bring the new season to us, but we are not able to enter into the new season because we've got a mindset. And these are the existing paradigms of our life. You know, over time, we can become very religious in our mindset. And I was brought up in religion. And, uh, you know, I was thankful for my upbringing. Thank God for it and thank God for my family and, uh, you know, for the values that my family shared. But at a time, you know, God had to come in and begin to break down the religiosity of my life. And over the years, I've learned to walk with God and God has undone a lot of the religious mindsets that I had as a young person. So uh, these are the existing paradigms. A paradigm is like our worldview. It is like, uh, you know, we can see through a certain window and then others, it's like they can't see the picture we are seeing. And it's like they are looking through another, uh, another window at another view. So they have a totally different perspective. But here God is wanting us to look through the window of faith uh, with the eyes of the Spirit and begin to see what are the possibilities of this incredible new season that we are now entering into. In fact, we entered, it started over Passover. Jesus accused the Pharisees. You know who the Pharisees were? The Pharisees were a religious sect. And everything to them was external. It was behaviour. It was like a behavioural religion. And uh, it was all about following the rules. It was all about appearance. It was all about looking good. And, you know, they looked at Jesus through a religious paradigm. So it was almost impossible for them to receive Jesus because of their mindset and because of the hardness of their hearts. And, uh, you know, uh, the scripture says to Christians... Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, because the leaven of the Pharisees is where we become hardened, you know, through life's events, and we begin to go through the motions, we follow the rules, you know, we play the game, we have an external uh, appearance of righteousness and goodness, but on the inside, it's like we are shutting God out, and this is the leaven of the Pharisees. So uh, I, I really, you know, admire the way that Jesus um, uh, went after the Pharisees. It was almost a bit like the way Donald Trump goes after the media. And he said to them, he, sa he said, you are hypocrites. He accused the Pharisees of hypocrisy. And he said, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Isn't that an amazing thing that Jesus said to the Pharisees? Now, I really believe that God has put on the inside of us the incredible capability, the spiritual ability to be able to discern the times, to be able to know what God is going on. And the mistake the Pharisees made, it was all about the rules. It was about the regulations. There was a lot of judgment in it. And, you know, Jesus said to him, he said, you're like whitewashed tombstones. Man, what a slap across the face to people who thought they were it. But this is what Jesus did. You know, I want to encourage you this morning, don't 
be like the Pharisees because it's not about religion and it's not about rules. It's about a relationship. And a relationship is heart to heart. You know, it is having a heart that is soft before God, where God is able to move us and, and move our emotion. And we are moved by compassion for people because God has a heart and he has touched our heart. And the scripture talks about how the love of God has been shed abroad in the hearts of believers by the Holy Spirit. This is how God wants us to live. But the Pharisees were blind. They couldn't see. And I think this is very important to talk about because I really believe that much of the church, church and at times myself and us, we can slip into this zone where our eyes become a little bit blinded. And, you know, we can maybe even become a bit like the Pharisees in our attitude. There is a famous proverb that is almost biblical that goes back uh, 500 years. I think it was made famous by a man by the name of John Haywood in the 1500s. But he said, there is none so blind that they cannot see. And, you know, I really believe that this can describe a religiosity, a people who are given more to religion than the transformation of salvation. So uh, this is, you know, Jesus really honed in on the Pharisees. And, you know, if you go back a little bit, when John the Baptist was baptising and the Pharisees came out to, to have a look at him there and to see what he was doing, he said, who warned you, you brood of vipers? I mean, that's a wild, that is not PC, you know. That is, that is not kind, but one of the things is, is that Jesus did not like religion. He did not tolerate religion. He said, you honour me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. Yeah. So you see, what I'm trying to get across this morning is that our relationship with God must be just that. It must be a relationship where we allow the Spirit of the Lord to continually flow into our lives and change the way that we think. Uh, so this is religious mindsets. I think this is very interesting. It is a little bit more than a coincidence, I believe, that Jesus, when he's, uh, his first appearance was in the synagogue. And if you go to uh, uh, Luke chapter 14, uh, verse 16, it says he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. If you want to create a stir, you do something like this in the town where you were brought up. And as his custom, as, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. In other words, that's where the religious people are, in the synagogue. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written. Now, this is a lovely piece of scripture, and Jesus was reading about the prophecy from the book of Isaiah that was foretelling his coming. And it says this, Jesus was reading about himself, and he said, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You know, I want you to know, this is an amazing thing, he stood up in the synagogue, Jesus, the son of God, and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You know, any person who has a real personal relationship with Jesus, this same anointing is yours. Yeah. 
you can stand up and you can say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I feel so good when I'm saying that. And it says, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. I think this is amazing. You know, this obviously was talking about the miraculous power that Jesus demonstrated, but it was also talking about how Jesus was challenging the spiritual insight, foresight, natural sight, spiritual sight of the religious people. And uh, I thank God for that challenge. Now, if you can get this, it can be hard when you begin to open yourself up to this kind of thinking because we have paradigms and we have mindsets that really stop us from breaking through. But I want to say this this morning, if this is an area of difficulty for you, then you can learn this. And right through the scripture, there are accounts of how one man led a younger man, you know, uh, we have uh, the Apostle Paul uh, discipling Timothy. And Timothy was like a junior apostle who was being discipled by the Apostle Paul. And in the Old Testament, you know, uh, there is an amazing account there. In 1 Kings chapter 18, where you see an older man, a prophet of incredible stature, who begins to take a younger man and prepares him for succession. And uh, you'll find this in 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, verse 41. And this is right after, as a couple of things happened here, that Elijah has prayed and he's shut the heavens and there's been no rain. And uh, there is a conflict between Elijah and Jezebel and the prophets of Baal at, at Mount Carmel, which is quite an epic read. And then at the end of the battle where Elijah is shown and demonstrated the power of God, uh, he now, in timing with God, has decided it is time to open the heavens. And I want to read this because this is very cool and this is how young people can learn to pick up the things of the Spirit. Uh, verse 41 in chapter 18. And it says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, Eat and drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. Now, you know, here Elijah is talking to a very ungodly man and he is saying, God is going to show himself very powerfully any minute and I'm going to demonstrate this. And, he, and it's like there's a drought. Have you ever been in a drought where you just know you can pray for rain, you can do what you want, but you walk outside and the skies are blue? Now, that is exactly what it was like here. And uh, Elijah, uh, so Elijah went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Car Carmel. And then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. I think that's what you do when you're scared. You put your face between your, your knees. And hoping that God answers your prayer, maybe. And he said to his servant, go up now and look towards the sea. So he went up and looked. And he came back and he said, there is nothing. There's nothing. Blue sky. And here my master, the prophet, 
is saying, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And so he comes back and he says, there's nothing. And then Elijah says to him, and seven times he said, go again. And each time he went, he came back with the same story. There's nothing. Can you imagine this? If I, if I sent one of our young per- people out, go and, you know, it's a perfectly sunny day. The weather forecast is fine. This is literally what this is like. And uh, then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a, a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up to Ahab, prepare your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. I think this is a very cool account of how you can begin to learn the things of the Spirit. Because, you see, the way I see it is we are natural people and it's not always easy to tap into the things of the Spirit. Some people just do it easier than others. But anybody can learn. Anybody can pick up the things of the Spirit. You know, it's a, it's a gift that God wants to give you. And if you will open your heart up this morning, God will give you an increase, I believe. So I'm talking about potential barriers to entering into a new season. Incorrect focus, religious mindsets. And number three, the spiritual man is overruled by the natural man. I want to explain this because we are natural people living in a natural body, in a, in a human body, a body of flesh. But the Bible now says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that the Spirit of God comes and lives on the inside of us when we are born again. That's what's happened to you when you've received Christ. You are now the dwelling place of God. And it is like your inner man and the Holy Spirit have become one and you are born again of the Spirit. And now on the inside you have an inner man that is made alive again. And this is the spirit man. But we continually have this battle going on and it is like the spirit man and the natural man. And sometimes just people are open to spiritual things and they can easily receive. You know, they're easy to lead to Christ. And, you know, they easy uh, flow in the gifts. It's like almost like a second nature to them. And then there are other people, it is like everything that is spiritual, the natural mind overrules it. Now, I'm telling tales here, but my wife found it very, very difficult to open her mind up to the Holy Spirit. But when she did, she had an absolute miracle in her life. And, and, uh, you know, that is a story in itself. So if you can open your life, if you can come to God and you can submit your natural mind to the spiritual mind, or other words, to the mind of Christ, then anything becomes possible. So 
I think this is very important because in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it's all about this. When I was at ministry school, I memorized this whole chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, because it's all about the natural man and the spirit man. And this is what it says, that the natural man cannot receive the things of God, for they are foolishness to him. You know, in other words, sometimes you can talk to some people about a spiritual concept and they sort of look at you like a cow looks at a new gate. It's really strange the reaction they give to you. Uh, but, you know, God wants us to become men and women of the Spirit where he's able to download into our lives and we are able to receive fresh revelation, fresh manner every day. You know, this is how we are called to live as sons and daughters of God. It's the key to unlocking the future. So I believe the key to unlocking the future is not what we know, but what God has revealed to us in the inward man. Yes. Amen? Amen? So we are talking about the beginning of an incredible new season in God. Started at Passover. It will continue through uh, the Feast of Pentecost over the next 200 days to the Feast of Tabernacles and uh, the period after that. Uh, last week, I spoke about five of the distinctives. And I don't want to go back over them, each one of them, uh, in depth. But, you know, the first one that was going to be, there's going to be a huge awakening and awareness of God. I spoke, secondly, about the river of God will be flowing in the house. I spoke about the Lord turning hearts back to him. And I spoke about Christ being progressively made known in the house. And there was just one, one that I wanted to come back to and, and reinforce, and this is the grace to overcome. In this next season, I believe that God is moving in such a way, almost like a sovereign way in the church, in the nations, where our lives are being reset and whatever it is that holds you back and has held you prisoner, I believe this is your season to overcome. The grace is available. And this can relate to addictions. It can relate to mental health. It can relate to, you know, being stuck in different areas of life, bad uh, self-image, you know, all these things. Uh, Jesus said, uh, uh, you know, 1 John 5.14, that by faith we overcome the world. Who is it that overcomes the world? He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I want to say to you that there is a grace that is available uh, to God's people in this season ahead where every area that you have been held in, like in prison, God is going to give you the grace to overcome. And the key is faith. So I want to move on with this message and just talk about the, uh, another five distinctives. So um, the first one this morning is, at Pentecost, we will receive the Spirit in greater measure. So uh, we just went through, through Passover and it was very significant. In the next 50 days now, we'll come up to... Uh, the season of Pentecost. And it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
They were in one place and in one accord. The place where they actually were was in the upper room. And, uh, you know, they were up in the upper room. Uh, Jesus had just ascended into the heavens. The disciples are there and they are waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? This is the most magnificent promise, I believe, that has been given to the church. And it is in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus said before he left, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. And you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I think this is amazing. It's a promise to the church. He said, I'm going to give you power. Now, I tell you, we need this. Because if you look at the church in the nations, I think the church has lost its concept of the power of God and what is available. You know, and at times people have had to redig the wells. So, you know, back there they went to the upper room and God uh, poured out his spirit. And do you know what the church needs to do now? It needs to go to the upper room. And, you know, I, I don't believe that is a, you know, when I say go to the upper room, it is not an actual place. It is, a, it is like our attitude to chasing after God in prayer. So he poured his spirit out in the upper room. And uh, I have had this thought for a long, long time that in this era ahead, there's going to come a time in the nations where there's going to be mass outpouring in the nation. Mass outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Just like in the upper room, wherever people have come and set their hearts and have genuinely followed Christ and are genuinely pursuing him, God is going to pour out his Spirit again, just like he did in the upper room 2,000 years ago. Amazing. It's a promise to us. You know, in the book of Acts, the apostle said, the promise is to you, to your children, uh, and to many, all generations, and to a many who are far off. In other words, anybody who really makes themselves available and goes to the upper room and seeks the Lord, God is going to pour out his spirit in that place. And I want to say today that City Builders is a church just like that. I know that the churches that are connected to us, they are upper room churches. They are not just waiting around to see what happens. But during this time, we are pushing in. Every morning, we're gathering together on the Zoom and praying, God, do it. God, do it. And I promise you, just like Jesus did, it's going to happen. So as we move into this area of Pentecost, this year something very special is going to happen in churches like this across the nations. In Joel chapter 2.28, the prophet Joel said, I am in the last days, in the latter days. I think we're in the latter days. I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. That's you. That is whoever is listening this morning... I have a promise from God for you that is straight out of the Word of God. God is going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh, and that includes you. And, you know, to receive the full benefits of that season, we just lift our hands like this and we say, Thank you, Jesus. I like to pray like that. So I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh.
Isn't that amazing? The second point I want to bring this morning is that the spirit of sonship will become clearer and clearer and clearer. I just want to explain what I mean there. There is such a thing as the spirit of sonship. And it, and it, uh, it talks about how Jesus, uh, you know, has sent the spirit or God has sent the spirit of his son into the hearts of believers. And during this time, many will advance from the rank of being an ordinary believer. You know, sometimes life gets into the ordinary zone. You know, we get into the status quo of living life, of going to work, and, and you know, living life and just doing what we should do. And this is ordinary, normal life. And, and it tends to produce ordinary, normal believers. And that's okay. But in this time, as we return to the upper room, God is going to do something very, very special because many are going to break through the realm of the ordinary to the extraordinary. A fresh impartation of the Spirit will take you to the next level. Amen? We are a church of the next level. We are going to the next level. I am hungry to see what the next level looks like. I uh, really enjoy my life, but I know that God wants to fill this building. Uh, there's room for six or 700 people in here. And we've got another building next door that can seat another 300. There's room here for a lot of people. And all over this land, there are churches like this where God is going to bring an outpouring. And the spirit of his son is going to be released into the hearts of believers. Amazing things are going to happen. You know, uh, years ago, a couple of years ago, I was going up to Sydney and I stopped... Uh, in a little country town and there's a lovely little country church there. I often think of country churches when I drive past them and think, what's the history like? And I stopped and I talked to the man there who was the curator and he told me some of the history of how, you know, that church back 40 years ago, the whole community was there. And I started to think, what went wrong? And as I drove down the highway towards Sydney, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said to me, I left long before the people did. And I believe this has been the problem in the churches of our land. But I want to tell you this morning that we are headed for a fresh Pentecost. And not only that, the spirit of sonship will be released into the hearts of ordinary believers this is a fresh impartation of the Spirit that is going to take you to the next level. You, will, you, you can always see the levels in a church. In whichever church you go into, you will see at least three groups of people. You will see ordinary believers. And, you know, these are people that are saved. These are good people. These are people that we love. But then there is another breed of people, next level, and these are disciples. A disciple is one who has answered the call to follow uh, a, a leader that is appointed and called by Christ to lead them. And you know, when we uh, see Jesus turning up on the scene, he said to his disciples, he was led to them obviously, and he said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 
So you see, the first level is ordinary believers. The second group is disciples. In other words, these are the ones who have gone, I'm going to follow that man. He's got something in God and I want him to teach me. You know, that is next level Christianity, hey. But then there is another level and I believe that these are the ones that have become sons. And in other words, they've entered into a process that is taking them, you know, not only bringing them to church, but it is bringing them into their destiny. And this is the spirit of sonship that is being released during this time. You know, in Romans chapter 8, verse 19, it says the whole of the earth is groaning and it's laboring with birth pangs and it's waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. So in the first point I talked about this morning, Joel 2.28 says, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. Everybody that's hearing this morning, get ready because God's coming. And you will have a decision to make what you do with that. First level. But the next level is about sons and daughters. And in the next verse it says, But my sons and daughters will prophesy. Do you see the difference? All flesh, sons and daughters. God wants us to go to the next level. How do you get there? You answer the call. You know, Paul said, I press toward the goal, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know, in, in, in churches that are embracing an apostolic and prophetic paradigm, there is an upward call. God's calling you to the next level. What is the next level for you? What does God want you to do next? What is your future going to be look, look like in two years from now? Because I want to promise you this. God is going to pour out his Holy Spirit on you and he's going to show you the way into a, a far greater existence. And this is the place of sonship. I love this. Third point this morning is the spirit of faith. God is going to release the spirit of faith into the church. Now, this sort of relates back into the previous point that I talked about. The spirit of faith. Let's just talk about this for a moment. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, All things are possible to him who believes. Now, ordinary believers believe in God. They believe that God can do anything. They believe that statement that all things are possible. And this is ordinary, everyday believers. Uh, and, and it's wonderful. You know, over the years we've prayed for lots and lots and lots and lots of people and, and uh, we've seen some dramatically healed. And we've seen, you know, many walk away and you think, what happened there? This has been our experience. But also, if you have a mustard seed, it is enough to see great miracles. So for ordinary believers, all things are possible to you. But if you answer the call to come to the next level, I believe you can find another realm of faith. So you might be thinking, now what does he mean? I've not heard this before. If you go to Mark chapter 11, verse 32, and I will just try and find that as quickly as I can. 
Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Uh, I'll go back to verse 20, and it says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Remember how Jesus had cursed the fig tree because there was no fruit. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed it has withered away. So Jesus answered to him, and he said, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he will say will be done, will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, I just want to just go a little bit uh, deeper into that verse because the first scripture that I read talked about uh, Mark 9.23. It says, all things are possible to him who believes. But the second one in the New King James, it says, have faith in God. But in the actual rendering it actually means have the faith of God. Isn't that amazing? So you can have faith in God. You can believe in God, but you can also have the faith of God. And I believe that it is possible that those that are genuinely sons and daughters uh, will at times be, uh, have an impartation of the Spirit of faith to see great miracles happen this is next level so we need to go to the next level if you believe all things are possible or you can have the faith of god so it's remarkable in daniel eleven thirty two, 32 uh, for some reason i always connect these scriptures by association i think because they're both 11 20 uh, 22 23 uh, verses those similar numbers but daniel said this those that know their god shall be strong and do great exploits this is the day that we're entering into and you know mountains are going to be moved but they're not going to be moved by the work of ordinary believers they are going to be moved by disciples who have become true sons and daughters this is the future so i really hope you can understand that and more importantly i really hope that i've under i've explained that well this morning uh, the next point this morning the second last point uh, is this one that in this season we are going to begin to see the emergence of the church of the living god this is the church of the latter days and my uh, spiritual father, Dr. Jonathan David, calls this the church unusual. And I believe that we are going to see the emergence of an uh, incredible church across the nation at the end of this uh, lockdown period. It will be a great sign. It's almost like Jesus going into the tomb and, uh, you know, uh, was crucified and went into the tomb but on the third day rose again. And now it is the risen Christ that we relate to. And I believe this is a picture of what the church is going to be like in the last days. You know, Jesus said that he's coming back for a spotless bride. You know, and I believe that God has got much more for the church in this next 20 years. It's going to be amazing. So uh, 
You know, it is beyond what we see now. The church of the future is beyond what we need now. As the church rises to maturity, the heavens will open over cities and things will begin to happen. And we will see a grace to impact whole cities and regions where these churches are. You know, it's almost like God is putting a promise before us this morning and he's saying it's up to you now. What will you do? You know, do you want to live in the realm of ordinary or do you want to step up to the next level? Do you want to answer the call this morning to really follow Christ and, and to become a true disciple? It, it is interesting because when you look at the, uh, you know, after Jesus left, there were 12 disciples and there were 120 disciples in the upper room. There were many, many believers Ordinary believers scattered through the land, but 120 gathered there. And it was those ones that Jesus poured his spirit out on. You know, I just believe that God is putting a challenge out there for you today, not just to say, yeah, I believe in God, but during this time and during this 200 days especially, and, and over the period when the, the day of Pentecost fully is here, that you would be so open to what God wants to do. And look to heaven for that download that God wants to give. So uh, I just thank God for this. And the last point this morning that I wanted to bring is, uh, is this. Is that Jesus is ultimately the one who will be made manifest in the church. And uh, I wanted to just come back uh, to finish with a little... Uh, verse here from Matthew chapter 9 verse 26 and I think this is important in uh, winding up this morning Matthew chapter 9 verse 26 verse 27 and it said when uh, Jesus departed from there two blind men followed him crying out and saying son of David have mercy on us and when he had come into the house the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Uh, this is amazing and it says right there, And their eyes were open. That is my prayer for you this morning. For every person that is a member of our church, or connected to our church, a neighbour, a friend, a relative, a member of our community, or maybe even someone listening from somewhere over the ocean, that you would begin to pray that prayer and just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I want to receive you this morning into my heart. I want you to come in and I want you to open my eyes. I want you to remove the religion, the religious mindsets I want you to change the way that I think because I know, Lord Jesus, that if you change the way that I think, you will change the way that I live. I believe that the Spirit of the Lord wants to come on you in a new way and he wants to begin to lift you up. You know, one of the things that I do know about this is that the Holy Spirit, that Jesus never, ever, ever, ever pushes anyone down, that all he wants to do is lift you up. Will you... Open your life to him this morning. Will you do that? Will you say, yes, Lord? 
If he said to you this morning, and I, I believe that I am saying this on his behalf, he said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Incredible. Just say it again as I'm praying here. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Open the eyes. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. And uh, even as I'm praying there, just my mind went to somebody I believe who is uh, tuning in this morning and you have an eye problem. And uh, I just really believe that uh, right now I'm speaking to you very personally, very personally, and I want to say, do you believe that I am able to do this, that I'm able to heal you? Father, right now, if you say yes, Lord, then I just want to pray right now. Father, I just pray for a release of healing over people. I pray that the spirit of blindness would lift and be gone in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now through this camera that you would work an awesome miracle just as a sign to believers and to unbelievers out there. Father, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Oh God, I just thank you that you're here. You're here in this house. If you're watching on this morning and you're not sure really where you stand with God, then it is very important that you just begin to take a step towards believing in him and opening up your life. If you would really like to do that, then uh, please just follow me in this prayer. It is such a life-changing prayer. And I'd be so honoured to really introduce you to the Lord that I serve. Would you please pray after me this morning? Heavenly Father, I come to you today asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord. I believe that he died on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life with you. Father, I believe in my heart that Jesus rose from the dead. And I ask you right now to come into my life and to be my personal Lord and Saviour. I turn my heart to you today. I repent of my sin and will worship you all the days of my life because your word is truth. I confess with my mouth that I am born again and I have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am just so glad that uh, you have prayed that prayer. And if you're out there today uh, listening and, uh, you know, if you are here in uh, Gippsland, then you are more than welcome to uh, come and find us at the stables in Sale. I'm sure it won't be too long and our church will be re reopened to the community. But if you are an interstate or in another uh, town or city that is far away or even overseas, uh, you are more than welcome to contact us on our website and we would like to uh, 
you know, just email you a, uh, a bit of a Bible study that will really help you to get started and in such a simple way explain to you how Jesus can totally change your life. God bless you and God loves you. Amen.